0: Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR.
1: And I'm Molly.
0: And we are back after two weeks of vacation. It was amazing. Um, If this is your, we'll get to that in a minute, but if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. We're really excited to have you listen in. hope we don't bore you. Uh, We do not know where we're going on the show, and that's intentional. So to alleviate that, um, I have a time-stamped map in the show notes if you want to kind of get a general feel for what we're talking about. But of course, the title Hopefully also reflects a little bit of that content. So I'm the husband, Molly's the wife. Obviously, we're father and mother. We've got four kids ages twelve through four.
1: For one more month. Oh my
0: gosh. And we uh we generally live our lives on the radio on the podcast. Um you know,
1: reality podcasting with a redempted fist.
0: In a world right? where people are weird and hard. So you'll hear us say that phrase a lot. Anyway, yes. We just got back. We got back from vacation on Monday from. Um, from.
1: Uh, two weeks in the Dominican Republic. Two weeks in the
0: Dominican compliments of, of Molly's dad. Um, Parents. He, he, he flew the family out. And um, we could probably, between telling stories and reflecting
1: talking about all. On reflecting things.
0: all of the. Like we've had. I mean, you and I had several conversations sitting in random hallways about children about life, about people's hearts, about all the things. So I'm, I'm guessing we could have a show entirely on that if we wanted to. But needless to say, it was super refreshing. Um,
1: we to- were at, you guys, we were at an all-inclusive resort, which feels really uh, indulgent, and I'm not finding quite the right word here.
0: That was the first self, your first... So one of the first conversations we had was reflecting on the concept of... Um, the all-inclusive relaxing being together and sort of being a, I guess a perverted picture of eternity or it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah,
1: it's the, it's what Satan would like us to think we were designed for. Right. Which is to sit around, do nothing productive, be waited on. And generally, you know, Paradise. We're on a beach. We've got sun shining for what? Twelve of the fourteen days we were there, the sun shone nonstop. Perfect temperatures. It was never too hot. It was never uncomfortably cold. There was no screaming wind. I mean, it was a little bit windy on the beach sometimes, but you could go from the beach into the pool. I actually, Titus read in his English. Ah, oh, if I'd been, if we'd planned ahead for this conversation, I, I would have brought this poem down with me, but we
0: can't plan ahead because it's, that's on purpose. what we do.
1: But, uh, that Titus read a poem yesterday for his English that we discussed. And it was a poem about true rest. And I actually pointed out to him because Titus is a 12 year old boy who didn't have any peers there with him to hang out with. He started getting kind of antsy after about day 10, and wanting things to do. And we did a couple excursions, but one of the things about where we were in the Dominican Republic is it's not a super safe place for white Americans to just go explore. There's enough violence and criminal activity against Americans that it's... From what I understood, pretty much not advice against white euros. Go off and do your own thing.
0: You're Caucasian. Okay,
1: I found the poem. I googled "True Rest" poem. So we dis- I discussed this with Titus, and it goes along with the discussion that Jr. and I were having about how how uh, tempting it is to to idealize our lives into oh, if only I could only sit on a beach all the time and have people bringing me margaritas and mudslides at will then I would always feel truly refreshed. But recognizing what did God put us in the garden for? It was to work and to find satisfaction and joy in reflecting God's character as someone who enjoys and finds satisfaction in productivity and to truly rest. And that rest involves rejuvenation of your your body, resting your body, but it also centers around worship and relationship that's that's what our day of rest the rhythm built into our lives is supposed to look like this poem is by someone named john sullivan dwight and it says resting is not quitting the busy career resting is the fitting of self to one's sphere tis the brook's motion clear without strife fleeting to ocean after this life Tis loving and serving the highest and best, Tis onward unswerving, And this is true rest. So, I was able to turn that, I'll send that to J.R. and he can post it in the show notes, Uh, I was able to turn that poem that we read directly into a discussion with Titus about how seductive it is to think that the ideal for humanity is to sit around and do nothing, But in reality, the ideal for humanity is real productivity with a cadence of rest in worship and relationship every seven days.
0: Yeah, it was weird because, like, I it took me um, (laughs) when I got there, which we might get to (laughs) um, when I got there, we uh, it took me at least. I got in on, a, on and I flew in separately, and that's a story I'll, I'll tell in, in a minute. Um, we got in, I got in Monday, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, and kind of just hung out with the family and relaxed. And then Wednesday hit, and I kind of started moving into, um, I don't know, vacation mode or resort mode or whatever. And this kind of happens. It doesn't really matter, I've noticed, where I'm, how I'm vacationing. There's a whole entire 24 hour period or a full day where I kind of move into this phase of moving into. And then Thursday or sorry, uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, I slept like all day, <laughs> like, all, like I was just exhausted. I just slept all day. I more or less just kind of crashed. Friday, I woke up and I was like super refreshed and I was really chill. I was walking really slowly everywhere and I was in vacation mode. And it kind of happens every time I go somewhere. So like a week almost is, gives me a few days, like three or four days to get into uh, some sort of relaxation rhythm. And so it was great to have, and I was telling Molly, like, I love, I'm just so relaxed and love, but but it feels, um, and that's when you were like, well, it feels kind of self-indulgent. I was like, well, yeah, it's almost like Cause I'm not, I'm ignoring
1: all the things I'm
0: ignoring life. I'm ignoring life outside of my sphere. It doesn't exist. I don't have bank accounts. I don't have jobs. I don't have church it,
1: like, responding nothing. to emails felt no. so laborious. Oh. And I just blew past yeah, I just, so I many things like, that I would, would have been nothing for me in everyday life. In the
0: morning and in the evening were the only times I opened up my, my email and I was like, this is great. I didn't get any text messages but then as we we progressed through vacation which was i mean it was obviously really great um i noticed that i left got out of like the entire thing like it wasn't until a week and a half in i was like haven't had a devotion haven't prayed haven't gone to bed with the kids haven't you know done the nighttime routine haven't done any of that i'm like oh man i suddenly felt super guilty <laughs> you know and you know that's where you have the <clears throat> the confession piece when you finally recognize it and and try to change your ways. Um,
1: It would be super interesting to do a deep dive, both in a sociological sense and in a, in a biblical theological sense into what does luxury excess, things like that do to your soul? Uh, I mean, it's, pretty a pretty common observation in America that we invent problems right now because we have we don't have any actual problems and so all of these people who have the luxury of sitting around I don't know if any of you guys saw right before Elon Musk took over Twitter there was this thing for people to do this day in the life of of a Google person or a Twitter person and the amount of what could be considered work that these people were doing was laughable for the salaries that they were getting. And yet they considered themselves to be productive members of society. But a lot of our grievances and things like that are the result of, of luxury of sitting around, not having actual danger, not having actual problems to solve, not actually having to work and contribute. And I mean, I can think, I think that a lot of people look at the Roman Empire and believe the same thing was true in its downfall. I, off the top of my head, well, certainly, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of biblical examples, but King David didn't go out to war with his people. He was chilling out on the rooftop in the middle of the afternoon and then started lusting after Bathsheba. It was because he was living in luxury and not being the productive, playing the productive role In society, that God had designed for him to do. And that's probably, if I were to actually sit down and look at the fall of Israel and Judah and their kings, there was probably a lot to do with the fact that they were not living within God's design and they got above themselves. Well, I mean, even Babel, right? Which is the, we will be like God. Oh, that's Eden. <laughs> I mean, but but the but Babel is right. thinking more highly of themselves than they ought. Is we're going to ascend we are going to take ourselves to the very heavens, which you can really only do if you're not scratching a living out of the earth and tending to the ground level things of day-to-day life. You lift your eyes higher than you should and say I'm going to go up to heaven because you have this sort of luxury and you know there's probably a link somewhere between the hanging gardens of babylon which is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world i read a novel it was not a good novel there was a lot of weird deviant behavior in it it was which framed one? it was it, i can't even remember the title of it somebody left it up at our cabin oh. and i read it up at the cabin and it was framed as the story of a roman boy who who had a tutor who was going to take him to visit the seven wonders of the world during that time. Oh, I
0: remember you talking about that now. And it yeah. just turned
1: into, like, deviant behavior in all of the places that he visited instead of this tour of experiencing different cultures where these seven wonders were and his wonder at experiencing them.
0: Wild side note, but it's really weird how... Because people leave when we go up to the cabin... Uh, when people when invite people to the cabin sometimes I'll bring a book with them and finish it and just leave it there we've got a whole bookshelf full of essentially paperbacks and a lot of them are, we got spy novels historical a lot novels,
1: of them came stuff. from my mom's parents yeah. house when and, my but anyway died there are some
0: it. there are some that I read like you know New York Times bestseller or all that and I'm like
1: what? this book is terrible what
0: are people reading really yeah. it's wild
1: often I feel like people leave the books up there because they're not worth bringing home <laughs> once they've finished them
0: there's a couple. I've left a couple up there because I'm like, I don't want to bring it home. There is one up there. This is a total There's side some note, fun though.
1: There's actually this is There is. Actually, this is a little bit of a side note, but it's also a segue into real talk. Uh, when I was a junior in high school, Mrs. Simmons was... She taught at Billings Senior High School for so long that I had classmates who had also had her as their junior in high school teacher. And she taught advanced English and she she was a phenomenal teacher but she would always save the last week of class for reading silently in class ray bradbury's book dandelion wine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she would open the windows and at senior high then probably now too it's, it's built in a square and there's a courtyard in the middle and there were these giant trees, I don't even know what kind of trees they were, but they flowered right before school let out for the summer. And so second story windows, the classroom, windows open, smelling the flowers, hearing this, and reading this quintessential springtime, summertime book, which if you're familiar with Ray Bradbury and you haven't read Dandelion Wine, you're sitting here thinking, uh, not wrote, light summer. He wrote all this He thing. wrote
0: Fahrenheit 451, didn't yes.
1: he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally different genre. This is a story. <laughs> this is basically the story of a little boy in like the 1950s of his summer. And some of it's his imagination and some of it's his family experiences in small town, some more small town America. And it's just such a quintessential childhood book. I know of many people who had Mrs. Simmons for 11th grade English who read that book every single summer to this day. Uh, what I mean, what an incredible legacy that she left. She it's true, um, and it's just such a she. She built into us. This is a quintessential summer book, and it's just built into how we think about entering summer is reading dandelion wine. Interestingly enough, I keep seeing recipes now on Instagram and Pinterest for doing things with dandelion flowers, dandelion flower jelly, dandelion flower. Uh, ice cream I saw one recently and
0: I hate dandelions
1: I know you do but the um I'm now very intrigued I've always kind of harbored in the back of my mind I wonder what dandelion wine actually tastes like and cuz it it was a real thing his his grandparents would they would harvest dandelions in the book and make dandelion wine And then they would open it in the middle of winter in order to have a taste of summer.
0: I remember somebody telling me that they tried making dandelion wine at some point and it wasn't very good. But maybe they said it was really good. I just don't remember.
1: I think it would be easier and less... I mean, making wine is a really laborious process. So if it doesn't turn out well, you've invested a lot of time and energy into it. I think it would be less laborious and more instantly rewarding because I'm a modern American and I want that to try dandelion jelly or something like that. If any of you out there have ever done something with dandelion flowers and you have any feedback or advice, send it to me because I'd be really interested in getting not just capital T, capital I, the internet's input about things, but somebody who actually has firsthand experience. I'd love to get feedback on that. Speaking of firsthand experience, I've had two people in the last probably two months, ask for how I make my sourdough bread, and I have not gotten back to you. And I apologize. It's still on my radar screen, <laughs> and I will now that I'm not in preparing. You guys, for vacation I've tried a vacation long. Month. I've
0: tried for the last six months to get Molly to write blog posts for Too Busy to Flush because she's so smart and such a good writer, and she had a huge hit blog for a long time before we had kids. Um, and it just never. It's, it's, we just got too much going on. Yeah. So speaking of first hand experience. Um, Going back to the to the trip, I have firsthand experience in knowing what it's like to not bring your passport with you. <laughs> um, we flew out of Minneapolis, and it is a twelve, eleven and a half to twelve hour drive from Billings to Minneapolis. So we have friends in Bismarck, North Dakota, and so we broke it up into two days, so we didn't have to, you know, have a marathon uh, road trip with the kids in the car. It's just I've as I've gotten older. I really enjoy, like, let's leave after breakfast. Okay, we've arrived at our destination for dinner and then not go anywhere. And
1: just to add context, the reason we flew out of Minneapolis is there's an airline called Sun Country that's sort of like Spirit Air or Southwest discount bare bones airline that flies directly from Minneapolis to Punta Cana DR for a very affordable price. And so to fly six of us down there it was totally worth doing the drive
0: so as you can imagine um making sure i had all the all the passports was a very high priority and at the front of my mind the entire time while we were packing we are a more traditional family so it was my responsibility um we get everything packed up we hit the road um and i remember being in bismarck that night and i'm like i'm just gonna check i'm like i feel the stack of passports because it's a big stack now i feel this we're good feel the stack of passports so we get to the hotel, and um, we'd stayed because it's so expensive to park at the ho- at the airport anymore in Minneapolis. You, there's a website called Park Sleep Fly, and on that website, you can book a hotel room and like 14 or 15 days of parking for your car at the hotel. It's pretty great. So we did that. Three of us slept in the van, got up the next morning. We went upstairs to where Molly and a couple of the kids were. had st- st- spent the night, and I would go to my bag to pull out my passports. And I'm, we're standing outside the door. We just shut the door. We're getting ready to go to meet the shuttle. And I'm like, uh, uh, I think my worst fear just just became a reality. And you're like, what? And I'm like, we're missing a passport. And she's like, <gasps> Which, who, is who is it? This? <laughs> so uh, I started going through the passports and it's me. Um, I forgot my passport. And then it occurred to me, and I swear up and down to this day that I counted six passports when I put them in my bag. You grab the stack one, two, three, four, five, six. We're all there. Um, what had happened, I think, is I'd miscounted, or my brain said I had six when I only had five, which happens. We know the brain can do that. Um, Elise had taken all I had handed the stack of Lili. I had the stack of passports to Lily. I said, Can you go make copies of these on the copier? She's like, Okay. She left, obviously mine. Mine is the last one. Which morning. as you
1: do. Like yeah, you, you I'm always leaving
0: stuff on the you, copier.
1: Everything every time you do something with the scanner printer, you know, that's next to our home computer, <clears> you always leave the last thing that you scanned on there until the next time you scan something.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: zero fault. Fortunately. No, right. oh, no, it's not the kids' fault right. at all. No, and fortunately she didn't really register what all happened, and so she didn't feel guilty or worry about. I didn't. I was prepared to try to assure her. It's not your fault. What?
0: What we should? And, what I should have done is built in a built in a, a second a failsafe and been like, okay, before we leave the house, Molly, just count,
1: count, look through and make sure they're there.
0: Um. Anyway, so well, there's I like. I you wasn't, can't
1: fly internationally without a passport. Uh, no, but
0: I wasn't angry. I wasn't like raging. There was no need for that. You couldn't do anything about it. So I'm like, well, let's get you guys to the airport and send you on a way. We'll figure out what happens after this. So we pack, everybody there, pack every, um, get everybody, get you checked in, get everything checked in.
1: By the way, I will add right here that because we have pretty clear lanes in our family in terms of who does what, the kids were all pretty freaked out at the idea <laughs> of mom being in charge of oh, something man. they've never seen me be in charge of before.
0: And the kids just have no idea. Molly's they, traveled the world more than I have. She's been to sketchier countries than I have. And it's like
1: they but all by myself. All by yourself. But Two, you know what's up? I I have I have zero problem. I've never traveled internationally with kids. I've never traveled alone in an airport with four kids. But Titus and Lily are old enough to be very responsible and very helpful. And it wasn't like we were making a bunch of connections. We had a direct flight yeah. into a very touristy place. So it wasn't like flying into Lebanon where they're like, why are you here? You know? Um, so anyway, but but Elise in particular was like, she was unnerved deeply. She's more loyal to JR than she is to me by exponentially. She's very skeptical of my capabilities in almost every regard where she's concerned. And she she says to me, you can't get us there. <laughs> and she's he- listening to, this is after we've gone through security and all the things, and all the kids, we go through the big security line, and as we turn the corner and can't see Jr anymore, like, three of the four kids were just crying. And Faith is like, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And the other kids, <laughs> Titus is on the verge of tears, and the other two are just openly crying. And um and we anyway then Elise our gate was boarding for another flight cuz we were there 2 hours early and Elise is like they're boarding us they're calling the last call we're going to miss our flight we got to get on our flight and i was like this is not our flight they will that's not our plane that plane will take will back up and then another plane will pull in and then they will it'll take an hour for them to clean the plane up and stuff And then, and then they will call us. We are, I mean, we were, it was probably, what, 5.15 in the morning by the time we even cleared security and stuff and our plane left at 8. So we had more than two hours in the airport of just sitting there. I stood in a Starbucks line for like an hour, which greatly unnerved Elise as well, because she thought that I would miss hearing it called, even though I was literally standing in front of our boarding gate while I was in the Starbucks line. Anyway, so we made it through fine. I was... I was mostly confident that we'd be okay, um, and I also speak Spanish, which my kids hear me teaching them <laughs> songs like "Baby Shark" and a lot like little infantile. You know, I sing "Jesus Loves Me" and the. This was the, one of the of funniest Spanish.
0: parts, you guys, of the whole Molly by herself with the kids.
1: So, but I actually learned Spanish all through high school, and then my parents took me on missions trips to Guatemala, where I practiced it as I was learning it. And then I spent two summers after high school during in college living in Guatemala. And um, I was living with American missionaries, but most of the time speaking Spanish. And then when I worked at Peacemakers, I had a couple of occasions where I taught lawyers, biblical principles in Spanish. So, I mean, I'm not fluent, but I'm good. Good enough that at the hotel restaurant, somebody the, regularly the waiters would be like, where would you learn Spanish? And I'd say Guatemala, and they'd go, yeah, I can tell. So I have a Guatemalan accent. And anyway, we're standing in the airport. This is after we've arrived, and we're waiting for my parents, who were on a different flight and supposed to arrive half an hour after we did. And at, if you've ever been to somewhere like that, there are a lot of people who make their living, mostly men, uh, getting your luggage for you. And you're supposed to go with a stack of $1 bills and tip a dollar to per, you know, to somebody who pulls your baggage off of the carousel for you and puts it on a cart and then wheels it out to your shuttle for you. And you, you give them money and then you give money to the shuttle guy and all these things. And so I'm trying to explain to this guy, well, I can tip you for getting my bags for me, even though the kids, like the kids, it's, Little kids' is delight to pull baggage off of a carousel. And so the idea that there's a grown man taking this job away from them was deeply offensive to them anyway. But I was like, I, I would be very happy to have a baggage cart with my stuff loaded on it, but I don't need you to bring it anywhere for me because we're meeting my parents who are on this flight. Can you tell me where the carousel is, where this their luggage will come in? And He's showing it to me, and Elise looks at me. She goes, you really do speak Spanish. <laughs> Yes, you say do Elise. Yeah. I mean this is a kid who told me she needs to be sent to school so she can have a real teacher who can actually teach her things.
0: Oh man, I want to slap her upside the wall. She for that she one.
1: literally swam up next to me. This is on this same trip. Uh. She swam up next to me, hopped on the side of the pool just to tell me that. And I was like, I think you need to go somewhere else right now. <laughs> go go back to your plane because I have nothing positive to say in response to that. Uh. Your issue in learning is not your teacher. It oh, might be man. your relationship with your teacher. It's not your teacher's knowledge <clears throat> or teaching capability. So, yeah, there was
0: another variety of... Oh, kids. There was another... Uh, after, what, a few more mishaps, you finally got to the After Yeah,
1: we, met, we ended up missing connecting with my parents in the airport, which to this day baffles me. I do not know how in this very small airport where we sat at a bottleneck of people coming out of immigration and waited for them for two and a half hours... And they said they waited in the immigration line for an hour, but that still doesn't account for at least another hour. And I went to the United baggage claim people and I said, has this flight come in? Has all the baggage from this flight been connected? And I gave her their names and she looked them up in the computer and she said, yes, they arrived. And all that flight should have, you know, the baggage has been claimed from it. And so I have absolutely no idea how we missed. So I Had to arrange for our own shuttle and uh, paid a little bit extra because my dad had already arranged a shuttle that we were all supposed to take. And we're not somewhere where I have self-service, so I had to wait to try to contact them until we arrived at our hotel. Uh, But once we got there, it was home free and two weeks of... Lots of relaxation, except we had our little sinners with us.
0: Oh my god! You know,
1: like the the heart desires, and then the sinful parent responses. Okay, let's not pause. get left behind. But let's, anyway,
0: there's stuff. There's a lot we could talk about there too. But let's pause because, meanwhile, back in Billings, <laughs>
1: back in Minneapolis, back in
0: Minneapolis. Uh, I watched him go through security and I'm in, immediately trying to figure out what my next my next steps are because
1: we're not sure that your passport is actually on the scanner.
0: Yeah, we're not sure we're not sure where it is at this point. Um I, my suspicion was it was home. I knew my parents were home. So the first thing I did is um I assumed it was going to be at home. Uh, worst case scenario, it's at home and well, worst case scenario, I don't have it, I can't make it. I just can't go on vacation. All right. You know what? It's really going to suck. I've been looking forward to this. But, you know, if that's what happens, that's what happens. So I call. Uh, I'm already online looking at potential flights for the next day. And come to discover that there are some options that are really affordable That literally that next day. So where's my passport? So I call my dad. And he's at home. And he says, yeah. you're."
1: No, he didn't pick up, did he?
0: Uh, no, he didn't pick up. I called him like four or five times. He never picked up. So I called my buddy. I called Ty. Everybody's heard of Ty. Most people have heard of Ty.
1: We have and, a kid waving at us and holding a cat. Uh-huh,
0: yeah. And, um, so I called Ty and Ty's like, yeah, sure, man. I'll go over and look and check it out for you. And, I'm and like, by
1: the way, this is five in the morning yeah. now, maybe not even five in the morning.
0: Right. So Ty immediately jumps in. I say, like, Ty, how do you feel? Um, I got a huge favor to ask, buddy. Um, how do you feel about if my passport's at home driving to Bismarck and <laughs> meeting me there? He goes, there was a pause. He's like, "Yeah, I, I could do that. And I was like, take our car. You, you, know, Take the Subaru. He's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to do this today. Otherwise, it really wasn't doing anything. Now, bear in mind that we have a massive storm coming through. By the time I got to Minneapolis, there was an, I had two to three inches of ice on the outside of the van from the road. So Ty goes over to our house and I said, Well, Ty, I'm gonna jump in the van right now and I'm gonna go to Bismarck. So, because like worst case scenario, I'm driving all the way home because the next flight on our airline wasn't until Thursday. So I'm not coming back till Wednesday. So I'm just gonna go home and hang out. So I start driving home. Ty uh, goes to our house, gives me a call. He's like, Yep, he's sitting right here on the on the copier. In the meantime, I hear my dad walk in. Oh, well, what's going on, you know, and all this stuff. And so, I don't know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning at this point, 5.30, something like that. Um, and, no, no, no. Uh,
1: it was... Uh-oh, we might not have to intervene in some kids fighting. Keep going. It was 5.30 Minneapolis time, which was 4.30 Billings time. Yeah,
0: so it was around, by the time we got, by the time I ended up calling Ty, it was somewhere between 5 and 5.30. So Ty found it. Ty's like, sure. And then Molly's sending me texts before they get on the plane. Hey, can you look for these? Uh, for the Lily Lili
1: brought two different sizes of chocos with her.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, did you find them? No.
1: I didn't, Ty really I wants even, to know where they're at. I haven't he's even like, looked. I'm sure look. it's in her room.
0: So um, Molly's like, can you have Ty look for this and maybe grab one of these? I'm like, gosh, sure, I can do that. So I call Ty. Gets everything together. Couldn't find the couldn't find the chocos though. Um, anyway, and so he jumps in the car and heads my way. Then my dad calls. Well, why didn't you call me? Oh, you did call me. Yeah, I called you like seven times. He's like, oh, I don't know what happened. And then there's a whole thing going on there. So he tells me to maybe look into my flight that because I missed the outgoing leg, the outbound leg, the coming in at the end of the vacation so might get canceled. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I call and then we start working on maybe trying to get another flight. So
1: and meanwhile, long, you're driving to Bismarck. Yeah, I'm
0: driving to Bismarck right now. Uh, so long story short Because there was a bunch of It was kind of a mess um, Specifically with Delta and Amex Because I didn't have my Amex card with me And they won't give me the number And all the things And they couldn't do anything for me And so my dad ended up gifting me uh, A new flight out Because he can get 15% off of his miles um, On Delta the following morning So super, super big thanks And big ups for that um, I offered to pay him back But he said no So whatever Um Anyway, so that was squared away. I called Sun Country, the airline we flew out on. They actually refunded my outbound flight. And to make sure I didn't have any reservation issues, created a completely separate reservation for me for just the leg back. Same flight. Everything was the same. So we got refunded, got everything together. I met Ty in Bismarck. We happened to have some friends that um, come up and hunt with us every year. So we met them for a beer and lunch. And uh, hung out, and then I turned around, hightailed it back, got to Minneapolis at 10 p.m., and the following morning had boarded my flight, and by two o'clock in the afternoon, I'd landed. <laughs> so it was like, wow, for that haul, like it the, was a crazy
1: 24 hours. The
0: only when I bought the van, when we bought the Sprinter, I found some seats for really, really cheap. Some stock uh, bench seats from another Sprinter van up in uh, North. I won't even the tell you.
1: farthest northwestern corner of Montana much, that you yeah. can get.
0: And it was, I think it's a seven-hour drive up there. So it was a 14-hour round trip that I did in a day when I got those seats. And this felt very much like, I'm so tired of sitting in the van right now. So that's what happens when you lose, um, when, you forget, when you forget your passport on international international flight. So Molly texted me and goes, boy, oh, is it a providential that... Like you you it was your passport that was left? And I'm like Yeah, and it also means it was providential that I left a passport. I
1: mean <laughs> oh my gosh. Luna just went by wearing a unicorn bathrobe. Oh that's just funny. the cat just walked by wearing a doll, an American girl doll, unicorn bathrobe. <laughs> Okay. Our cats Guess. are really tolerant. Oh, man. So, anyway, that was exciting and a little bit crazy, and it all worked out okay in the end, and my kids now hopefully have a little bit higher view of my of me than the fact that I can bake sourdough, and some think I can teach them school, and some think I can't.
0: I'll continue working with her, but I kind of feel like she's just a stubborn monkey. She's got to figure things out on her own. Yeah. I can tell her, but I can't tell her much.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, anyway. the kids we did take little sinners with us. Um which for the most part you know, I told them yesterday it's always kind of the same thing, and I think all you parents will get it. Keep your mouth shut, keep your hands to yourself, and there won't be a problem. This is like they yeah. bring so much onto their own selves. They do. Except yeah. Faith is going through some things right now.
1: She's going through some things. <laughs> she's... She's... Uh, you guys, um, she
0: gets, like, crazy. Is something mentally wrong with her, like, throw, fit throwing?
1: Um, it's because she fixates. And I, I think it's a little bit of a developmental thing, but it's also because she's the youngest and she gets her way a lot. And we most of our meals for the last two weeks were buffet meals. And so she basically only ate things that were white or yellow like cheese, bread, rolls, pizza. Uh, And so we're having a real hard time getting her to actually eat because she says I don't like that about everything. But she fixates on things. So for example, one of the only big hiccups that we had on our flight from Minneapolis to Punta Cana was we're taking off and we have three seats on one side of the aisle and three seats on the others. We had an empty seat that was supposed to be occupied by dad and they didn't refill it. So we had five six seats for five of us and Titus and Faith are sitting together on one side and I'm in between the other two girls on the other side and Faith wanted to sit by Titus cuz he had promised that he would let her play Super Mar- Mario Kart on on his what Nintendo thing switch. switch and so she she's not ready to play that yet so he pulls the iPad out for her And she wants to have, play a game with sound. And you you have to wear headphones to play a game with sound when you're in an airport. That's just, that's what you do, or an airplane. And so we're trying to get her to put headphones on, and she just threw this massive fit. Like, yelling and crying as we're taking off. And I was then left with the option, and poor Titus is over there, like, I don't know what to do. I can't stop her. So I was left with the option of, do I unbuckle and cross the aisle while we're literally ascending, or do I, do I just let this fit play itself out? And I ended up getting up and, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on there. Elise just walked by wearing a full princess in black, get up, carrying Faith over her shoulder.
0: Let's pretend like we don't know.
1: Uh, well, Faith's not crying, so apparently it's mutual. But anyway... I ended up unbuckling and crossing the aisle and then climbing over Titus and sitting between Titus and Faith and covering her hand. I pulled my sweatshirt over my hand and then covered her hand, her mouth with my sweatshirt covered hand to try to muffle the screaming until it could be contained in another way. Stuff like that is frustrating and challenging and happens anywhere you go. And I just, it doesn't, and she's not at a place where you can be like, ask your heart questions. What do you want that you're not getting? (laughs) She's like, exactly. I want something that I'm not getting, not recognizing that your reaction is, is not appropriate and that you can want greater and better things. Or anyway, uh, she's not at a place where it's anything, but I want something and I'm not getting it. Therefore I'm going to throw a fit Mm -hmm. about it. So, She's challenging right now. Oh. um. Speaking of things that she actually ate and liked, on Instagram the other day, I saw a guy open a can of chicken and mix it with a handful of shredded cheddar cheese and an egg. And then he formed it into fingers and baked it. And I had just enough shredded chicken left over from some meals before we left for the DR that had been frozen and whatnot. Uh, some shredded chicken. I tried that today, and the kids loved it. Dipped in ranch dressing for lunch. So if you're looking for a kid-friendly, high-protein meal, uh, mix some shredded chicken. I didn't use canned chicken. I used chicken that had been cooked in a crockpot and then shredded. Just mixed Shredded chicken with enough egg that you think it'll stay together. I would estimate probably one egg per cup of shredded chicken. I used three eggs and maybe Sweet. half a cup of shredded cheese per half cup of mm-hmm. shredded chicken. And I'm thinking just now you could do fun variations on that where instead of using cheddar, you could use mozzarella and add some basil to it, some basil and some garlic, and then dip it in marinara sauce. That would probably be a big hit with the kids too. So
0: uh,
1: I I may regret that, that I
0: didn't get a chance to try any of that.
1: There wasn't quite enough chicken. I think Titus and Lily would have both eaten another one yeah, if we'd had enough. I didn't little. have
0: any. I asked Titus, "Is like Titus, is those gone." He's like, "Yeah, I think so." And I'm like, oh, "What am I going to eat for lunch?" I had a momentary bit of annoyance, and I'm like, "Why does Molly always feed the kids and I never get fed?"
1: Because you don't throw massive fits <laughs> when you're hungry. <laughs> <That's> <true.
0: laughs> you guys, the food. Uh, I will say. So when we went to Hawaii last year, we basically ate from the hotel, and the menu was pretty fixed and pretty. And I was ready to be done.
1: And then food trucks. We had some good food, food some trucks really good food for trucks. dinner.
0: Um, this particular resort, uh, the food was just incredible. I f- I think I've I ate better over the last two weeks than I even do. And Molly's a phenomenal cook, and we use great stuff. But all I, I mean, I had a lot of really good food, but I had a lot of protein and fresh fruit, like all the time. I mean, I had you know, three steaks a week. It was lovely.
1: I think you had more than three steaks. And a it week.
0: was like, or I'd have like some raw chicken on a salad, you know, or something, and some fresh vegetables, but a lot of fruit.
1: So JR super nerded fruit. out, you guys. Oh, he's man. still working on reading the book Steak. I'm
0: almost done. You guys, mind blowing. If Molly reads this book, she will never go back
1: to, to store bought
0: beef. It won't happen.
1: So so he's reading it and this whole book Steak was kicked off by it was kicked off by eating Argentinian beef that they just grilled on a... Was it Argentinian?
0: Oh, you mean his book? Yeah. He, no, he, his brother had the best steak of his life in Argentina. Yeah.
1: So, that was it. So that's, all he had
0: to, that's all he had to go on.
1: One of the restaurants, you know, these all-inclusives are kind of like cruise ships where you have a couple of different restaurant options. One of them was an Argentinian steakhouse, and they had this type of steak that was called picanha. P I C A n Enya, which is an N with a little squiggle on top, and it's pronounced with like an ny. A p i c a n y a and it, pico means to peck or to beat. So somehow, I'm not sure how where the name picanha comes from. I
0: don't know. Either. I have to look it up. But
1: I remember we we Googled it the first day that we were there, and I can't remember yeah. where it comes from. But it's it's not the tenderest cut of no. meat. So our kids who don't like chewing their meat like crazy uh, didn't love it. But it's supposedly the most flavorful beef that you can have. And, and so I'm, I'm
0: assuming that this, they said all the all the meat from this particular restaurant, didn't matter what you ordered, all the steaks were all imported from Argentina. Now, from the book, from Mark Schatzker's book on steak that I'm reading, he spent a bunch of time in Argentina, and this was in 2004 that he wrote the book and they were already pushing for commodity beef very much like america so the chances are very likely that we had an argentinian cow of some sort but argentinian commodity beef there was still more flavor than american beef i've had some really bad uh just not good steaks in america which are all kind of the same so um Yes, I have I've been talking to Pete cuz Pete's going to get some cows for his reg- regenerative farming stuff our friends in Whitefish. And I said I'd be open to buying a cow if you wanted to raise it. <laughs> and he goes, "Just this might this could this might happen. This this, could
1: happen. Uh, I'm I'm more in favor of that than you guys with this book. <clears throat> JR's oh, like man. I, got now I found this place where I can order steaks <laughs> Scottish from Highlands. miniature long-haired cows <laughs> in Scotland. And now I found this place that we can order be- steaks from some place that crosses Buffalo and cows in the middle beefalo. of beefalo, in Washington. In the middle of Washington State. And you know, we could even go out there and pick it up. And I'm like, I know what our monthly grocery budget is. And I spend it on just basics.
0: Yes. We we do have a, a, a nice supply of wild game. And I don't know. He goes through a whole set. It's very
1: hard for me to he- justify buying red yeah. meat when we have a freezer it's that's true. three quarters full of it still. I understand, like, the flavor is different. And it's fun to try new flavors and stuff. But it's just very hard for me. I get a little bit... You guys, when Jared and I first got married, he was constantly car shopping. And it was he was car shopping in the way that I look at Instagram now. Like, oh that's interesting. Oh that's cool. Oh that's fun. Yeah, I'm Maybe not actually intending to buy anything. And it super stressed me out because my dad, who was the man that I grew up with, right, only ever car shopped when he intended to buy a car. And <laughs> it took quite a while to figure out he's just window shopping online. Like enjoying enjoying the view, you know, and so, Porsches are pretty. <laughs> so I'm telling myself that JR is steak shopping in the same way that he used to car shop. So and I want to order some, I just I want to order
0: a couple, like I'd like to order a couple ribeyes. Like eyes, fifty bucks like, for
1: a steak, you guys.
0: Yeah, and when you go out to a steakhouse, how much do you spend? You can get fifty bucks for two ribeyes versus fifty dollars for one person now when you go out to eat. And so you anyway, can just cook them at home. Yeah. I'm. I, it's just I'm just saying just and day when day you day.
1: put it like that, yes, but when you so instead put of it going in the context right. of Oh, no, that's I'm not. the that's, that's <clears throat> I a like. Portion of one I of really my...
0: like the idea of uh, you know raising your own cow and slaughtering it. We just we can't. We don't have the like we I would, but we don't have the space. Yeah,
1: it, if we mm-hmm. all end up in the anyway. Um. So anyway, try some chicken fingers, guys. <laughs> I mean, if we end up at
0: the end of the world, Especially yeah, have, then I'll do whatever.
1: Yeah, but. we'll have goats and cows on our property, and nobody will care. Um. Um,
0: what were we gonna talk about?
1: <laughs> well, I'm trying to decide. I will. I'm gonna throw out a garden update. I, I've we got home and I was just really itching to get some seeds in starting containers, and so I started about 150 seeds yesterday afternoon. I'd had the soil all ready to go and had the seeds all ready to go and knew exactly what I wanted to start. So the the kids helped me put the seeds in the pots and we're starting about half a dozen pumpkin plants and squash plants and watermelon vines and probably 20 tomato plants, just cherry tomatoes and roma tomatoes and my goal amongst with all the things that I'm growing, my biggest goal is that I want to can enough tomato sauce, pasta sauce that I use for pasta and pizza to last us for a whole year and to have I'm not growing onions that it would be in quantity to for do this but I'm growing some bell peppers and I'm growing basil and I'm hoping to grow garlic. We'll see. But garlic's not crazy expensive if you have to buy it. But to can enough pasta sauce and enough salsa for our family for a whole year. That's my my biggest salsa. food goal. Yeah, and salsa. the reason I mean uh, the fact besides the fact that we love all of those things Pasta sauce. I don't know if you guys have noticed this too, but a two-pack of pasta sauce at Costco has like tripled in price. I, I think, in the last year and a half, two years, it is so expensive. It used to be like two or three bucks for a jar of pasta sauce, and now it's six or seven for a for a good quality jar of pasta sauce. And so, if I can do it with homemade tomatoes and uh, homegrown tomatoes and uh, ingredients like that, that would just tickle me to death. So anyway. That's my goal, but I I've discovered this this philosophy of gardening by this person named Ruth Stout. So I'll find a like a video or something for Jared to post. And one of the easiest things that she pioneered doing was growing potatoes basically just in straw. So you just space starter potatoes, which can be you can buy seed potatoes at a gro- at a seed store. Or you can just use potatoes that have started sprouting, and you just space them out like a foot apart in piles of straw, and you wait until they're a foot tall, and then you pile more straw on it, and then once they're the tops start drying, you water it occasionally, but the straw retains moisture way better Mm. than dirt and things do. So if it dries out, you add some water to it, and then when the tops dry out, then you just kick the straw aside and you get your potatoes. You cut the greens down and add them back to the straw for growing potatoes in this pile of straw next year. (laughs) So, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, I just was learning about this in the last couple of days and I'm trying to think about where, where I can attempt to grow some potatoes (coughs) according to the Ruth stout method.
0: Oh, I love food.
1: It's kind of exciting to think because I've got some potatoes in the garage that I can't cook with Mm -hmm. anymore. They're too old. They've Mm -hmm. sprouted. They're wrinkly and stuff so do
0: you want to start from those are those gonna be like genetically modified
1: i have no lab, idea lab potatoes i don't know i mean we've already eaten them some of them i i don't know i i was not really planning to grow potatoes because it our soil is so hard that mm-hmm. we'd have to do it all above ground and it's kind of takes up a lot of space to grow enough potatoes to be worth growing yeah but i was just looking up where i can find straw like right as we sat down here you guys i asked jr how do you feel about me driving an hour north of billings because i I don't care i looked up on facebook marketplace straw and all i could find was giant bales you know the ones that are like i don't know you know the
0: big rolled ones from not the
1: big rolled ones but the giant square ones for like a hundred dollars each in our region Mm -hmm. which is funny because i keep seeing them for four dollars each on Facebook Marketplace all winter, but they must have just all sold out. A and bale? now A bale or a flake? of straw. No, a bale of straw for $4, four each. Because the straw is the leftover, so people yeah. who grow things like wheat and barley in mm. our region, they sell the wheat and barley, and then they bale the leftover straw. Yeah, but
0: a, a, I don't know. The price difference from 4 to to 100 seems a little bit steep.
1: Well, no, 4 for a small bale, 100 for a giant bale. It does seem steep. I don't know. Anyway... I, I So I was like, well, that was Facebook Marketplace. So I'll look on Craigslist. And the first thing that came up with straw on Craigslist was <laughs> goat poop in straw. Free U-Haul. <laughs> a mile north of Billings. Or an hour north of Billings. So I think if I could get an entire pickup bed full of goat poop, which apparently is just as good of a fertilizer as rabbit poop, and you can use it right away, and it doesn't burn things like... so. Cow manure and chicken manure need to be aged because they have so much nitrogen in them that it can burn your plants, so they Mm. need to be aged. Uh, Rabbit and goat poop don't need to be aged before you can use them in your garden immediately. So anyway, uh, just really exciting thinking about driving a two-hour round trip and possibly shoveling as much as I can (laughs) into the back of a truck. Uh, Hay straw and goat poop. Oh, my
0: word. Um, we're weird.
1: We are. We are. People are weird and hard, and we're just our own brand of weird.
0: Well, I've decided uh, coming back from vacation that, um, you know, it's a little bit like New Year's resolutions, sort of, kind of, not really. But I'm going to cut way back on coffee, like to the point where maybe I'll just stop altogether and drink a little more tea. And with that, I'm using, obviously, Peak teas. And I do want to thank whoever's been buying Peak with our referral code. It's been great to get a little bit of a little bit of discount on it. So if you want to use that referral code for your own, it's like, I think you get 10 bucks off. Go to our website, the link in the bottom of the show notes. Peak teas, they have a purier puyer tea. How do you pronounce it? Puer. Puer tea. That's just amazing. The green, I'm addicted to it. like I had it's been a forever, and then your mom got me two boxes of green tea for my birthday, and I poured one in. I'm like, oh, I forgot how good this is. And they're black tea. I've got two boxes of black tea coming. They're phenomenal. So anyway. Um, And no casual alcohol anymore. Hmm. So meaning um, at dinner when I pour a beer after my day or at night I pour some whiskey and enjoy that. None of that anymore. Like I might go have a beer with Mike on tomorrow, for instance. But that's deliberate. But that's deliberate. If I get together with some of the guys from church and we drink a few whiskeys and talk theology, that's deliberate. But none of this like... I mean... (laughs) Ski Ski Patrol was bad for me in that regard because we drink PBR all the time. <laughs> it's like one of the worst for you. So anyway, yeah, just trying to clean up clean up my act a little bit, you know, um, and try to eat a lot more protein. You gotta dig around in the freezer see what kind of meat we have. Yeah, pre-make some stuff maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do want to get in a habit of either grilling or crock potting a bunch of chicken every week so that I always have it available to make chicken salad oh, or those chicken. You know what
0: Molly's been doing? Have we talked about your sausage yet?
1: That's we been... have talked about my sausage. Oh my gosh, it's great.
0: I do we're almost we're
1: almost out of that. I do need to make that again. If you guys are wondering why we're talking about Molly's sausage.
0: <laughs> Not JR's sausage. I'm kidding. Sorry. The um the reason
1: if you missed that, which is also a recipe that I've been asked to share. And so I will I actually just found where I had handwritten it for Titus, we have been buying, using half elk and half pork, because I think it makes a better texture and better flavor, and making 10 pounds at a time of breakfast sausage, just which, if you guys have never made homemade sausage, it's actually really fascinating to see how many spices and herbs go into making sausage. And... Just what we do is literally just half pork, half be- half ground elk, and then it's like I I can't think of the top. It's five tablespoons of multiple things like garlic, pepper, sage, thyme, um, fennel, which I don't like fennel in anything but sausage, and you just mix it all together, all these spices, and you can tailor it according to your tastes. And then you let it sit for a day for all the flavors to meld. And then what we do is smash it into a sheet pan. And for the 10 pounds, now I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like I do one full sheet pan and one half sheet pan. Smash it into the bottom. If you save bacon grease, you can smear some bacon grease along the bottom uh, it it will put off so much fat and so much liquid you don't need to and then just bake it at like 500 until it's done and it's thin and then we i cut it into squares and freeze it in stacks and then if we want breakfast sandwiches or whatever
0: I'd be interested in trying that same recipe but in the traeger and smoke it for that
1: yeah five hours. we do so that would be pretty good it would be good
0: so anyway um, oh yeah.
1: I'll, yeah I'll also somehow we'll We'll get that recipe up in some shareable format.
0: This is worth sharing, and uh, I'm going back to tea again for a second. And I forgot this is another critical thing in my in my in my changing of decisions or you
1: know, you're changing of habits. New things.
0: You sent me a video about green tea. Yeah, and it was a Chinese doctor,
1: uh, probably a biological dentist, a holistic kind of the ho the. Right. Dentist ver- anyway, version of a homeopath the, I, or naturopath I doctor. Wish I
0: wish we'd plan this show out so I'd have the information on me. But it increased, um... The drinking green tea, that has been proven to just increase a ton of stuff.
1: Green tea is really good for you on a lot of levels. It actually helps your body detox from alcohol.
0: Yeah, but besides that, there was it, some other stuff that was... It, like the great. other
1: two things that popped to mind are it's... Um, it has something called L-theanine in it, yeah, now
0: we're talking which
1: it. the weird thing about green tea is it has caffeine, but L-theanine is an amino acid, I think. I'm getting out of my pay grade here, but it's, it's a, it's, L-theanine is something that you can buy as a supplement to help you relax and help your mood. And so I was actually supplementing it for Titus for a while because he's one of our kids who's had trouble with sleep and somebody recommended trying that. And so if you look for L theanine in a vitamin store,
0: it is an amino acid.
1: You can buy it and it helps with mood and with sleep and relaxation. And so weirdly, like green tea both gives you caffeine for energy and helps you sleep better. And then the other thing that green tea that's interesting about green tea is it's good for your oral microbiome, which um, your mouth, like your gut, has a whole microbiome and all of these beneficial bacteria as well as potentially non-beneficial bacteria. And one of the reasons that little kids get cavities so badly is because they're eating so many things that feed the non-beneficial bacteria. And uh, interestingly enough, Crackers like Goldfish crackers that stick to your teeth are actually worse for you, for kids' teeth, than sugar, because it feeds the non-beneficial bacteria, and then that's what you know eats the cavities in your teeth. Uh, Green tea feeds beneficial bacteria in your mouth in such a way that that there seems to be a very strong link between consuming green tea. And dental
0: health. I feel like there was also something related to a male biology and testosterone that was in there too. Oh, you the would have noticed that, wouldn't that. you? Yeah, there was some stuff in there too about it. that was one of those a couple of those the L-theanine and then the male-oriented stuff. I thought to myself, "Hmm, I'm going to try this out for a little bit." So um, anyway, and that you know we've already um, we started on peak because. Um,
1: John Stevenson, the model, Sean health Stevenson show and the model health
0: show had some interesting uh, stats on pu'er and and black and the black tea that they they serve. So, anyway, if you guys want the link, I'm I'm I know I'm feel like I'm hustling, but it's just, just we don't get any kickback. We get a little, we get a, like a ten dollar discount, or we earn points and we can redeem those points for things. Um, it's in the the link, the referral link is in our our show notes. So, um, anyway, I think that's about it. We're about an hour.
1: Yeah, I gotta go make dinner for Judo. We'll be
0: substantive next week, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going anywhere. I don't really want to go anywhere um, at all right now. So we don't have any plans. We'll be around with hopefully consistent weekly shows from now until the end of time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which may be right around the corner. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. You never I'm know. gonna
0: stoke Molly's conspiracy theorist fire.
1: You would never... No. Nope. So that's I mean, why it's not
0: worth worrying about. You just focus how on many, your life today. How many and...
1: global disaster events in history have people thought this has got to be the end of the world, even in the 20th century? so many. You look at two world wars and it, it, anyway, you know, I mean, Pompeii and volcanoes mm-hmm. and earthquakes. How many times throughout history have people thought this has got to be when God comes back? And then he just patient. He just perseveres because he's got more people to save and more, uh, more things that he wants to accomplish on Earth yep. before he finalizes all the things here. I let me just throw in this one substantive thing because it's been on my mind a lot. Speaking of God being glorified, uh, the only real mind mind using thing that I did while I was in the DR was I. Was inching my way through. I have been for a year now, inching my way through Sinclair Ferguson's book, um, "The Upper Room." Now I have to double check that that's what it's called, but it's his book. I know I talked about it last year around Easter time. I think it's
0: like reflections of it from the upper room, or lessons from the upper room, or something.
1: Yeah, um, I'll have I'll have Jr. <clears throat> link it. It's it's one of those books where you can't just um, read it quickly. Um, I read a couple pages. Lessons from the upper room. And have to think about it, but he he's describing Jesus' uh, demeanor while he's washing the disciples' feet and saying that one of you will betray me. And then Judas leaves, and there are hints in the text, as well as um, explicit things that John says. That show that Jesus' demeanor was very. He was troubled in spirit. It was night. It was dark. It was just a suppressive uh, moment in the upper room. And then Jesus sends Judas away. Judas leaves, and Jesus literally turns around and says, "Now is the Son of Man glorified." So it's not this like, "Now I'm going to tell you guys about how I'm going to be glorified." There's actually a shift from darkness to light. Immediately, as when Judas leaves, in Jesus' demeanor. And Ferguson, he brought this thing out that because it was, you know, of course, Good Friday and Easter while we were in the DR and traveling. And so that was even more an appropriate time to be reading it. But I've never really thought about Jesus' attitude in quite this way. But when he, with that shift, Judas leaves, and Jesus is basically, this is me super paraphrasing Ferguson, and I might be getting it wrong, but this is how I interpret it. This is the, the message version of Ferguson's <laughs> reading of of John 13 and forward. But basically Jesus is like, okay, it's on. We're doing this. So he's, you know, to put it in in a, you know, a, really crass human example. It's like you spend, you're going to climb Mount Everest and you spend years saving money and preparing for it and arriving there and then you get to the base of the mountain and you're like, okay, it's on. Like, we're doing this now. This is the moment and it's a moment of intense, you know, intense suffering and Uh, endurance and perseverance that will be required of me for the following period of time. You know, for Jesus, it's the period of, you know, his trial and crucifixion uh, that he knows is coming, but that is of one piece with the glory that he receives. You can't have the glory of having climbed Mount Everest. You can't have the glory of having run a marathon without starting the marathon. And there's all this mental buildup to all of the things that go into preparing for it. And then the moment the gun shoots off when you're starting the marathon, you're like, okay, it's on. Like, I know I'm going to have a grueling... How long do marathons take? Your mom or your sister would be able to... Four to
0: six hours. Okay, so so I'm going to have a... Three and a half, you're pro.
1: I'm going to have a grueling next... Three to five, six hours of my life. It would probably be twelve hours for me, more. Um, but this suffering is part and parcel of the glory that I will receive as a finisher. And for Jesus, the the he says, "Now is the Son of Man glorified, because it's now we have a four year old kicking the door and leaning on the glass."
0: Looking very sad
1: now is the Son of man glorified is he's he's he knows he's in for suffering that you and I can't even imagine. but at the same time, this is the beginning of the end and this is the moment that everything has been leading up for and there's also a ton of cues this is all within his control. Judas doesn't know that he's going to leave at this moment to go betray. he's still looking for opportunities and You know, John weaves throughout the text, Jesus is the sovereign Lord of the whole universe and of our hearts, even in this moment. He is not a victim at any point. He is the victorious conqueror, even while he's in the middle of the marathon. And I've just never really thought of Jesus as having this, this is my moment of glory grit my teeth, go through the suffering. Um, you know, is it Hebrews? It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and scorned at shame. Uh, that enduring the cross and scorning at shame, he had joy and glory in his mind and with his heart fixed on that the entire time. I've just never thought of Jesus' outlook during all of those moments mm. as being so confident and victorious and set. I mean, we knew he was set on his purpose, right? But we didn't, I just, I don't know. I feel like I've said enough on that, but that was a real kind of aha moment to me that I've been mulling over a lot during the Easter season that we just wrapped up.
0: Hmm.
1: And now I have to go make supper for Can't
0: our go. family, for judo. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for uh, another podcast. We enjoy doing this for you and or doing this with each other and hope you uh, enjoy following along with our adventures. If you'd like to send us a message, you can do that on our website, the number 2 fcom tb 2 com or Too Busy to Flush, all grammatically correct. You can also... Um, send us a message um, via telegram and actually from there interact with a whole bunch of other people that like the show. We do have a telegram chat group. The link is also in the show notes. It's a private group. So as far as I know to this day, we haven't been spammed yet, which is pretty cool. So um, yeah, join us there. Jump in on the conversation and I think that's all I got. Oh, the the peak uh, peak tea. Referral code is in the bottom. If you're into, uh, if you're into wanting to try out some Bitcoin, I have a Bitcoin referral link down at the bottom as well. Um, you can use that via Gemini and get ten dollars of free Bitcoin. Um, check that out, and uh, don't be scared. Just consider diversifying your portfolio with a risk, uh, a risky, riskier sometimes asset. Um,
1: <laughs> That's not tied to the American dollar. It's not
0: tied to. The, if you want to get out of the of the. Of the world's currency system (laughs) moved to crypto um but that's a whole nother discussion and uh anyway that's all i got so we will hopefully
1: talk to you again next week